Let's open this up a little bit, hey? We're getting used to this idea of not knowing what we're doing next, but has anyone got a a God story? I love what Jeff calls it, the Jesus sighting. Maybe the prayer last week that we had, you know, maybe God touched you and something happened, or or maybe you're just, uh, yeah, has anyone got a Jesus sighting or a God God moment that they might just want to share with us uh, before we go into the message today? Encourage each other. It says, bring a word of encouragement to one another. Over here. Yes, thank you. Is it one over here? Sheila's over here. I'm going to run over here. I'm going to, oh, there's words everywhere. Woo-hoo! I'm going to run over you, Sheila, because that'll save you having to come down here. Um, Sheila's over here. Woo-hoo! Here we go. Come on, give us one of your God sightings. Well, I did a very silly thing last Thursday morning, went out in a rush, had lots of things in my hands, put my purse and mobile phone and things in a little bag on the roof of the car, drove out and forgot that it was there. So I realised when I got further along to the hairdressers where I was going, pulled up, turned round, went back, looked, couldn't find it anywhere. Um... It was a bit of a search, so I just sat in the car, just said, Lord, please help me find this, you know, may it be returned to me safely. And a couple of hours later, someone rang the doorbell, young lady, and um, gave me all the things back, all the cards, everything was scattered along the road, but just the cash had gone, but that didn't matter, and she wouldn't take any any money for bringing it back she said that's what honest people do Mm. I said well I said a prayer and she said well the Lord's looked after you I said well he has too yeah Yeah. I thank God that he looks after our silliness sometimes because I do lots of silly things who else there was a hand over yonder here this keeps me fit eh? here we go thank you Um, I came up Last uh, Sunday, when there was a call up for healing, um, but what was on my mind more than that was um, uh, some sort of sense of separation um, from two people, two lots of people that I'm friendly with. So I wanted reconciliation, really, more than anything else. So I asked for prayer for that, and. Um, one was already, I, I wrote a letter and I felt that was really just sorted that one out, as, as it were. And then the other was, um, I just didn't expect it, but the, I saw the person in the most unlikely spot and um, that was, uh, and things were all right, so that was good. Yeah. Fantastic. Good stuff. There's a hand over here. I see a hand. This is like an evangelist. I see it over hand. Um, I don't know if many of you come from families who aren't Christian, so I, I do. Um, and I had an uncle who was uh, dying and had tried to, you know, you, you, I don't know if you, some of you know this, you just like, you think, oh God, I want it, you know, I'm the Christian bloke here. Why can't I say the Christian thing? And um, tried, it didn't go, sort of, there wasn't much there. Anyway, so I just left it in God's hands. I just prayed and just left it, left it, left it. Anyway, the situation came up. And in, in the end, it was, um, I just want to thank God, I guess, for providing an opportunity to share something. It, was, it wasn't like, you know, you're sort of hoping it would be like a deathbed conversion type of thing. And, but with God, you know, God's greatest gift is free will. And 
for me, I guess it was just the, the thankfulness that um, there was an opportunity at, before he died. It was a week before he died to actually share something of God with him. I guess what, what really impressed me was that we were in um, St John of God Hospital when we when I was trying to you know, encourage him to think about God, and um, they have because it's Catholic hospital. There's a crucifixion. There's a cro- Jesus on the cross, and it was like great. This is like, that's what I'm talking about. You know, that's what that's what it's all about. So, you know, he did. He died a week later, and the funeral's coming up. But it was just like thank God that they had that opportunity. Awesome. Well, we got to look for those opportunities. Was that all the hands? Was that? Oh, it's a hand. Over here's a hand. There is a hand everywhere. This is cool. I don't have to preach. Okay, I've actually got a um, praise report, I think, but um, I had someone who was on my heart and I rang them and um, I knew that things had been a bit tough. Anyway, they told me that they'd negotiated into a deal, that they'd put a deposit on something and the time had run out for them to come up with the finance and they had not ticked subject to finance on the contract and so they looked, they, they had been told they would lose their deposit and um, they didn't have that money to lose. And so we prayed about it and um, I think that was late last week and, uh, sorry, early last week and during the week they actually got an email from their company saying that they had extended that offer for six months for them um, and would um, transfer that money to, to something else for them so if they came up with the opportunity within that six months they won't lose that deposit. And that's just totally an answer to prayer. And what hit me was we shouldn't be surprised when God answers our prayers. We should expect that he will. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. That was awesome. Denise. Oh, we'll make this our last one, but Denise, here we go. I can't get out of it because my heart won't stop pounding. So I think I'm, I'm going to stay here. I'll have to explode or say what I believe the Lord wants me to say. But in my devotions this morning... And daily I listen to a little five-minute excerpt or the half-hour of Angus Buckins. And this one was on resting. And I know, Steve, when you said, be still and know that I am God, it's something that he daily says to me. But in the little five-minute thing this morning, there was a story about how we believe when we come to church on Sunday that we've fulfilled our day of rest where in that actual fact, he says we should be contemplating God the whole day and giving that as a devotion the whole day. And he said of a little story that at the end of the French Revolution, they went over into the decimal system. So they decided that the horses wouldn't be rested on the seventh day. They would do it on every tenth day. And then they found that they had to stop that because the horses were dying. And so they went back to the seventh day. And I just said to Michael this morning, if we had hindsight, you wear yourselves out because we're disobedient to the word of God. So I'm just encouraging everybody that let's just do what the Bible says and obey. And then life will be much easier. Bless you all. Wow, well, I mean, even Jesus had to. Well, God took a day to stop, didn't he, and just to take a moment out to look. We've got some more over here. Okay. Whoa, here we go. Come on. 
Yeah, um, this is my first time visiting this church, and I just felt like God really wanted me to say, like, it's just really awesome what you guys are doing, you know, like, speaking out what God's put on your mind or whatever. It just shows that, you know, we're all one family here. It's more than just any sort of assembling, you know, we're just one family, and, you know, and I'm, you know, we're all brothers and sisters. I'm your brother, you know, and you and my brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're all going to be in heaven together with the one God one day, so hallelujah, praise God. You guys are awesome. Come on. Good on you. We're brothers. We look the same. Same hairstyle. Yeah. Do you say that? That's a, oh, oh, here we go. We, we actually are brothers. So, I, I, this is great. We're going to keep going. But I want to just, uh, this is great to do that, hey, because that's what it's all about. It's about journeying together and discovering God is real and he is alive and he does want to walk with us daily. We're going to get into the scripture and uh, at a whole you can start timing me now, Damien. Um, so our whole message this next few weeks, or this term, is going to be looking at how do we actually go to the next level? Are you happy where you are with your relationship with God now? Or is there something more? Is there more? Because I think God is calling us to go to the next level, not to stay where we're at. Let's go to John. Chapter 5. And we're going walking through John, and it's like John turns his attention. We've been looking at who Jesus is. He is the Messiah. He's the Word that became flesh. He walked with us. And all the time, it's about identifying that he is the Messiah. Now we're going to look at what does it mean when God or Jesus, who is God in the flesh, walks amongst men takes us to a different level, takes us to a different place. So let's have a look at this amazing story in John 5. If you've got it, open it up. It'd be great to read along with us um, on your app or on your phone or wherever you've got it. Um, let's have a gander at this. John chapter 5. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, laid on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Oh, I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said, the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The Lord doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. Think about that. Jesus said, pick it up. And yet that's probably the thing he got told off for doing, that he was walking around with his sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. 
It was his fault. We're still blaming people. Who said such a thing as that, they demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, Now you are well, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. The story then goes on to the account Jesus has then with the leaders of the Jewish um, uh, faith then, the, the rabbis and the, the Sadducees and all those. He ends up having this great discussion about why it was okay for him to do that. In fact, he made a comment. He said, God never stops working. I love that comment. God never stops working. He's always doing something. He's always touching lives. He's always doing something. A few weeks ago, uh, we were away camping up in Ningaloo. And my grandson and I, at night, were sitting out on the beach because we had this amazing little camp spot away from everybody. And we were right on the beach. So at night, you could, as the sun's setting, you see the turtles swimming along towards you. And it was amazing. And the sun had set and the stars had come out and... Xavier and I were sitting out there looking up into the stars, talking about the stars together, granddad and grandson. It was great. And as we're sitting there talking and thinking about how amazing the stars were and where they all were, and it was like, you know, the thing is, it's infinite. It just keeps on going. It's sort of like that blackness, Zave, just doesn't stop. It just keeps going and going and there's more out there than we can actually see. Many years ago, those of you who are astrologers and are, or those that love stars, uh, Tim Kennedy, you can correct me any moment you like because I'm happy to, for that. Where are you? I know he's here. Um, but back in a 19, I think it was 19, did I get my dates right as I pulled this up? It was the 1st of January, 1925, Edwin Hubble met with, uh, in America, met a group of astrologers to do a presentation. It was the American Astronomical Society. And in there, he wanted to do, share, or he wanted to challenge them on a, what was probably known as a cosmopolitan, no, not cosmopolitan, a, a cosmic, a cosmetic, a cosmetic, we'll get there in a minute, the, cos, the star, cosmological paradigm shift. He wanted a shift from this idea that the Milky Way was all there was. That was as good as it gets. The stars that we can see in our own Milky Way, that's it. And he gets up to say, Do you know what? I think it's bigger than that. And he talked about this red shift. If you looked into the stars, he said, if you look beyond that, I believe there are galaxies beyond our galaxies. And not only that, he came up with something else. And he says, and I think they're being, I believe they're still being formed even today. That was a massive paradigm shift. That took the whole um, astrologers to a whole new level of belief. Their understanding now has got so much broader. 
And in that, we believe now with the Hubble Space Station, the telescope and stuff that they have over nearly 100 years, they've been discovering billions and billions more galaxies that are still being formed. I think that's amazing. But can you see how the world all of a sudden got bigger because of one man's comments that led them to discover something bigger than what they thought. You see, this one man's comments just opened the eyes, but the one man, or three in one, said four words right back in the beginning of time that's still happening today. Four words that created the stars. Four words that created the heavens. Four words that created galaxies that are still, we believe, being discovered and being formed daily. Four words and the creation is still happening. You see, God creates things in words. He speaks and it comes to life. He spoke the world into existence. He spoke to a Red Sea that parted. He spoke through a burning bush. He spoke through a donkey. He spoke through a donkey up here. He spoke words that have brought life. Those words are bringing life today. And I'm praying that the word of God today brings new life to us, that opens up our opportunities, that opens up our concept of what it is that God wants to do, what it is what God can do, what it is that God is doing in you, because it's bigger than you think. It's bigger than what you've, we've, we've, we've parked ourselves in a place that's restricted us. And the story of this man who was at the well is a good example of that. You see, interesting enough that John starts off by in the book of John, in John chapter 1, where he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh that walked amongst us. And it's like this Word, this person came into this world, but what if the Word brought revelation to you in your world? Because the story of this man at the well is exactly what happened. You see, his world all of a sudden got bigger. You come with me. If we go to where this well is, it's at the sheep gate. It's outside at the sheep gate. Let me tell you, the sheep gate was a smelly place because there was lots of sheep. The sheep came through that gate. They were the sheep that were used for sacrifices into the holy place. So lots of sheep going through there. And at the sheep gate was this well. And there's this well that was there. And when the Lord or the Spirit came upon it and stirred it up, if you could jump in the well real quick, you could be healed. So we find this man. And where is he? He's sitting on a mat. He's paralyzed. He cannot move. He just pulls himself along with his arms to get anywhere. It was slow moving. This man's world was on his knees or on his backside, on the floor, on a mat. That was his world. For 38 years, his world was defined by a mat. His world was defined by his inability to move. His world was defined by his brokenness. His world was defined. That was his world. That's all he knew. But his world is about to change because of the words of one man. His world was about to get bigger. His world was about to stretch beyond the mat 
because of the words of Jesus. You see, I wonder sometimes as I look at my own life that our world is sometimes defined by our brokenness. Our society tends to be defined by the restriction of what we know spiritually. You see, if I do not know a God or know that there's a spiritual realm, then all I know is what I see or what I read or what I understand. But when I understand there's a great bigger world out there, when I understand there's a spirit realm, when I understand there's a God, all of a sudden my world just gets a lot, lot bigger, a billion times bigger. And God wants to make our worlds bigger than what we know. He doesn't want us to be defined by our brokenness. He doesn't want us to be defined by the mat that we, we have learnt to live on. Our little paddocks, our half-acre pieces of land, or quarter-acre, or if you're down the flats, 500 square metres. It doesn't, it, that, our world's got to be bigger than that. And I wonder for you in your Christian walk, how big is your Christian walk right now? Is it defined by what you learnt in primary in the Sunday school? Or are you growing still today and discovering and developing new things? Is your Christianity and your walk with Jesus defined by what you do? By ministry, my calling. That's that's as good as it gets. Or could it be bigger than that? Is our Christian walk just defined by, by sin and how bad I am? And therefore, I can't do that and I can't do this. Is my Christianity just defined by coming to church on Sunday? Is my Christianity just defined by trying to, to learn as much as the Bible and memorize it, but actually, I actually haven't discovered the kingdom of God, which is much, much bigger than that. You see... We need to get our telescopes beyond what we know and discover something we don't know. I love this story because this man who is on his mat and listened to this, Jesus came into his world. He didn't go and find Jesus. He didn't even know who Jesus was. He didn't even know the man's name. And he, Jesus walked into his world. Why did he pick that man? There's heaps of them out there. They were all sick and broken, but he chose this particular man. And I want to suggest to you today, as we go to the next level, we have a world out here that wants us to go to the next level with Jesus. Because here's something to think about. The world needs you and I not just to be religious. The world needs you and I not just to know our little faith and that we're going to heaven. The world needs to know how big the kingdom of God really is. And guess who he's chosen to do that with? This week I was with a friend. We were sitting out in the coffee shop. And it's one of those moments where you get into a conversation. And as I started to speak, I got excited about it because it was like, it was like a fresh revelation, but it's an old revelation. But I got excited about it within me. And it went something like this as we were talking about the church. And I said, you know, the church needs to be needs to be the most significant change agent in our local community. That sounds, you say, yeah, we know that. But when I said it, it was like, what if the church could actually influence the community? 
What if the church could actually change things in our cities? What if the church, not by what we do, but by who we are? Think about this. Jesus gave that great commission, and which was go into all the world and make disciples. And we've made that a mission statement. And we've made church, that's our mission statement. But this is what we tend to do in church. We make that go into all the world, get converts, make them into disciples, bring them back into the church. And let's get the church bigger, because if the church gets bigger, then we're successful. But what if we've read that wrong? What if the mission is go into all the world? That's the mission. The strategy is make disciples to go into all the world. That we go into the world as disciples of Jesus, because if you go into the world as disciples of Jesus, you will bring change to the world. You see, there's a whole bunch of disciples over there at ICC in China who love Jesus, and they're in the world, and they're making a difference. I've seen it. I've heard it from Jeff. We've seen it on the videos. Some of us have been there. And there are disciples of Jesus in a broken world making a difference. What is the church? We actually got a picture and went to the next level and went, see, church isn't about sitting on our mats waiting for the water to stir and hopefully stir something inside me. See, church isn't about finding a place. If you're looking for a place where you can just come on a Sunday and hear a good message and have a nice worship time, and, and, and therefore that's church, and, and my, my, my children can grow up and be great kids, and my teenagers can stay in church, and I'm concerned they might leave. And, and, and my, if that's church, I think we need to go beyond our Milky Way and find the Mars bar. Just thought I'd throw it in. Baby, it's bigger than that. Sorry, <laughs> I had to chuck a chocolate on it. It's bigger than that. I think it is. And I think Spirit of God wants to tell us that. Let's have a look at what happens in this story. I want to bring up three things that happened in this story. Because you see, if we really want to, I don't know where you are in your Christian walk. But maybe in your Christian walk, we've been going to the well and we've been looking at the wrong places. You see, in, in the world, people are looking in the wrong places. One Powerball and I'm out of here, right? Maybe the lotteries is my answer. Maybe, maybe if, the, if, if I get a windfall in my superannuation, I'm going to be going, okay, where are we focusing our help? So Psalm says, where does my help come from? And the question is, where, what am I looking at? What's the well I'm looking at? Which well am I looking at? Am I looking at the well of this world to actually bring fulfillment and life? In church, where am I looking at? Am I looking at the sermon? Am I looking at the preacher? Am I looking at what worship? If the worship isn't here, isn't good, then, oh, darn it. Uh, am I looking at that to have my spiritual fulfillment? Or is there a better well to go to? Is there a living water? Is there something greater than the wells we've been looking at? Here's the question. Do you want to go? I want to go to the next level. I'm not happy where I'm at. The thing about going to the next level is you've got to stand on the level you are to get to the next level. So it's okay where you're at. But do we want to go to the next level? 
There's three things that this man did. First of all, the first question that we have to ask is, do you want to? See, Jesus came to him and said, do you want to get well? Well, duh, I've been coming here for 38 years. I reckon I might. Or did he? You see, I question whether he really did. You see, we can sometimes get so caught up in our sickness. We sometimes can get caught up in where we're at. We sometimes can be so comfortable in our spirituality that we actually don't want to go to the next level. I don't want to push deeper into Jesus. I don't want to know more about what he can do. I don't want to know more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm actually happy where I'm at, but I'll come to church and I'll say the right words and I'll put my hand up, but there's still something that holds me back. Do you want? to get well? Do you want to solve your brokenness? Do you want to get rid of the bitterness in your heart? Do you want to get rid of the loneliness that we have? Do we want to? Do we want the love of Jesus really to flow inside me? How much do you want it? How much do I want it? How much? Jesus asks a question. It seems like a silly question, but it was an important question. Do you want to get well. I had, remember, this is a stranger man. This is a man who's probably, who probably would have been seen as a rabbi. So he was, and he looked like a rabbi. So he was dressed like a rabbi. He had his followers following behind him. So he did everything. So he knew that he was a spiritual man. He just didn't know who he was. And a spiritual man comes in and says, Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Notice the answer of the man. It wasn't yes or no. This is how he answered, which is the second question. Who are you blaming? Because his answer was, I can't. I can't. Oh, come on, that's the biggest, one of the biggest barriers in anything. You know, I heard that, that we used to say in, in high school seminars, I can't, sorry, I can and I will is better than IQ. Right? Well, go the other way. I can't and I won't will override any provision that you have. I can't, I can't, I can't because it's their fault. I can't get to the water, I can't get to the well because every time I do, someone else sneaks in before me. It's everybody else's fault. It's everybody else gets in the way. It's those people. Do you know what? We do that all the time, don't we? We blame others. We criticize others. We question others. Just because I'm not growing in Jesus, I look around at other denominations and I, and I talk about how bad they are. But the bottom line is, am I really growing in Jesus? Am I really growing in my faith? Am I going to the next level? But you see, there were reasons why he couldn't. What would stop you? Maybe there's unforgiveness. But that person, they need to say sorry first. Well, well, if you're going to wait for them to say sorry, you're going to have to live in unforgiveness. It's their fault. Uh, someone else has got to make the move. I haven't got enough money to give. Well, let me tell you, if you're waiting for money to give, you'll never give. You always give out of your, out of your emptiness. You need to give out of what you haven't got. Because when you give out of what you haven't got, then you start to see the blessings flow. But quite often we're just waiting for something to happen. We're waiting for the right message. We're waiting for the right revelation from God. We're waiting for the right worship song. We're waiting for the right, the right opportunity. But everybody else seems to sneak in there first. They get in the way. What stops you? 
might be a mind thing. It could be a heart thing. It could be a circumstantial thing. It could be something. What stops you from going to the next level? And the last thing is this. To go to the next level, what action is God calling you to do? Pick up your mat and walk. Now, see, i got a funny feeling that this man was waiting for the water to bubble over. But when Jesus spoke, I reckon there was something bubbling on the inside. I'm only presumption. I don't know. He doesn't say that. But there was something that motivated that man to actually try getting up and walking because he hasn't done it for 38 years. So what, why would he all of a sudden decide to get up? Just because someone said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. See, he decided now he wanted to be healed. He decided now he wasn't going to wait for someone else to do it. He was going to do it because this man had said it. Jesus said it. That, that makes it final. Let's just go and do it. I wonder what it is God's been asking you to do. Pick up your mat. Pick up your mat. His mat was his world. His mat was his home, his life. That was everything he had. His mat was everything. Pick up everything you've got. Get on your feet and let's get moving. To go to the next level, question number one. If we want to really go on the way with Jesus, if you want to grow in your, in your quiet times and your times alone, if you want to discover that gift God's given you, if you want to make a difference in your world, if you want to make a difference in your workplace, which is your mission field, you are missionaries in your workplace, in your community. If you want to, if you want to do that, the questions I have to ask you is this. Do you want to? Second question, what stops you? Third question is, what do you need to do? What do you need to do? I ask you those because I've been asking myself those same questions for the last three weeks. Steve, do you really want to be free in the things of God? Then what's holding you back? Oh, it's everyone else's fault. Nah, stop blaming and start doing something about it. Because God wants this church. He wants you as individuals because you make up the church <sighs> to go to the next level and bring the kingdom of God down to our, our place of influence. He really does. Uh, I get excited when I sit and talk to some of the... Uh, on Friday, I actually end up talking to all the people in the street instead of doing what I was supposed to have been doing, which was at home. Um, and it was great. Because there's a whole world of people that just want someone to talk to them. And when you talk to them, you don't have to preach. you just got to be walking with Jesus in the next level and let him do the rest. Because there's a whole bunch of people waiting at the wells. They're looking at the wells. They're looking for someone or something so they can go and touch that water. But the well that's going to change lives is actually inside you and I. That's the well that they need. The living water that bubbles up from inside us and can make a difference. What's stopping you? What's stopping you from moving in the things of the Holy Spirit? Is it just fear? Is it that, well, we saw fake stuff once and therefore I don't want to go anywhere near it anymore? I've seen that. Just would you be free and let God be God and let Him take you to new places? We're going to come into a time of communion. I'm going to ask our helpers to actually hand out the bread and the cup and the bread and the cup is a reminder. You see, Jesus 
came into your world. He, he came into your world. Jesus in the flesh, God in flesh, walked into the world. But he's walked into your world. The Bible says he stands at the door and he knocks. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus or maybe you've just come to church because your folks told you you had to or maybe your partners told you you had to and you've never actually said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop blaming everybody else. But Jesus is saying to you right now, do you want to know the fullness of God that's beyond the galaxy that you know? If you've never given your life to Jesus, this is a great time to do that. And I want to invite you to do that. 